from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for being with us, America. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today, number one best-selling author, and my daughter. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Rachel, we're going to dive in with the question of the day. You want to take it? Yes. So today's question comes from Randy in Virginia. I'm having my first baby next month, and my parents want to move to my town to see the baby more often. They want to buy a house, but would have to sell theirs first to make it happen and are too lazy to go and apply for a loan. Oh, man, I thought I would just buy them a house, and then they could be my renters. I currently have $50,000 left on a don't laugh, $250,000 mortgage of my current home. They are in their 70s, so if they bought the home, they would pass... They would pay less taxes and claim homestead. Would it be smarter for them to buy the home themselves, or is it okay for me to buy it and make them my renters? This is just the this is just easiest, so they can sell their house and slowly move into the new one, new house, new city, stress free. Because my dad has a ton of stuff. Oh man, Randy. Mm. Okay, <laughs> first and foremost, love the uh, love the heart <laughs> and the idea that you want to help your parents uh but no randy no you buying a home uh for them to be your renters not a good plan and then on top of that you don't have the money for it i mean you'd be taking out a second mortgage so absolutely not um i think that you can invest in some plane tickets for them if they want to come see the baby a few times a year uh or they can come just stay at your house but if they want to move home they're home full time and live in a new city that needs to be on their time. Yeah. They need, they're like grown ups and stuff. And so they need to do their own deal. Besides that, dude, you never rent to someone in the second paragraph when in the first paragraph you called them lazy. So true. <laughs> it's just a basic concept here as a landlord. Let me help you with that. Okay. So if, if your first description is lazy and the next description is renter, this is on you. So no, no, they, they need to handle this. It's sweet that they want to come be with a grandbaby. I completely get that. If I'd have known how great grandkids are going to be, I'd have been nicer to their parents. I completely get this. I understand. I agree with the move. So mom and dad put their house up for sale. When it sells, they can make the move and buy a house in your city. That's how like normal people do it and stuff. And that's what they need to do. So, um, and if they get to your city with a pocket full of money from the sale of their house and can't find a home right away, they can rent from someone else. Please keep the grandparents at an arm's length transaction. Don't <laughs> let the grandparents be your renters. No, no it's just so much that no. can go wrong with that. And no, the sad not. thing is it all will happen. It'll all go wrong. Hey, folks, with debt payments and now with inflation stealing more and more of your paycheck, we know a lot of you feel like you're drowning and you're scared to death and you won't have enough to take care of your family. And, oh, God, it's scary out there. I don't know what I'm going to do. Or you're at the point where you say, I'm just so sick of this. If you're ready, if you say I've had it, you are ready. We can help you. Over 10 million people have been through Financial Peace University. It's our nine 
lesson course. It'll teach you how to beat debt and build wealth. It's everything you wish you'd learned about money because your number one wealth building tool is your income. When you get rid of your debt, you now have control of the thing that'll make you wealthy. And if you go through Financial Peace University, we will show you how to get in control, how to be on the same page with your spouse. It's very hard. It's tough. It's a boot camp for money. If you want easy, um, you're not going to find something that works. So anything that's worth doing, you pay a price to do. There's a certain amount of pain in transformation, and that's what has to occur here. Financial Peace University ramseysolutions.com slash fpu check it out ramseysolutions.com slash fpu rachel we can take that family discussion even a step further and we would do that in financial peace university um and, and that is don't loan anyone money particularly family or friends don't co-sign for people you know don't you know every time you do these transactions outside of your particular household you set yourself up um the grandmother that called here and had co-signed for her grandson's pickup truck and it's getting repoed mm. you know and uh because he had to have a pickup and his dad wouldn't sign it so the grandmother did yeah and i think that you know with this conversation there's the risk of it going bad which in a lot of cases it does which causes even more conflict but even you know i talk to people like well you know my um uncle co-signed my car and I paid it off every month and it's great and I paid it off and it's fine. But even within that, even if mathematically it works, relationally, it changes. It, it, it's weird. It, it changes the relationship. So from a financial level, a relational level, all the way down, it's just not wise. It just changes so much. And it's, and it's strange. It just, I mean, and we had, um, I guess it was a call. Was it a caller or someone I was talking to? And they had loaned a friend $10,000 because they needed help. And, you know, we went back in the conversation, talked about how if you have the ability just to give it without strings attached to help someone, that's if that's what you feel called to do, then you do it. But the whole idea of loaning that they're going to pay back. And then the kids showed up uh, for a big dinner that they were all having with new iPads. And the couple that loaned the money was like, they have two new iPads. They owe us $10,000. And then you start you start nitpicking yep. every train. I mean, it just, you can't help it. And so, again, all the above. People you're not in too much trouble. Yeah, it's just like, man. If your kids have new iPads, you're not in too much trouble. <laughs> I, know. I'm, I get that, yeah. So, it's just, it, it changes it changes the relationship. And then if it goes bad and it goes south, then it really can damage relationships. So, keeping them separate is, it's the smartest thing. Or it's a gift, right? And you want to make sure that you're not enabling if there is a gift, that it is... A Look, blessing and it's helpful. Generosity is completely different than a banking transaction. Yes, yes. And when the borrower is slave to the lender, and when you eat dinner with your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, your son-in-law, and you owe them money, Thanksgiving dinner tastes different when you eat with your master rather than when you eat with your in-laws. Because it, it oh, well, they're nice. I don't, I, it's a spiritual principle. You cannot get away from it. The law of gravity is the law of gravity. I mean, you can have a nice master and still be a slave. Um, I mean, that's hypothetically. I mean, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the, it doesn't have to be harsh. It doesn't right. have to be out of control. It doesn't have to be rage involved to change the tone, right. to change Regardless, the air in the room. It changes everything. So you have to be careful with this stuff, folks. Be careful with this. It's not to be mean to somebody. 
It's actually to be nice. No is, is a, no will set you free. Good word. Powerful word. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Rachel Cruz, number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality, and my daughter is my co-host today here on the Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Mark's in Kansas City. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you both. Appreciate it. I'll get right to it. Okay. I've been, uh, I think what you call dumb, <laughs> about five years ago. Five years ago, I uh, co-signed on a mortgage for my ex-wife, and yep, she was my ex-wife at the time. Fast forward a couple of years, I've learned that uh, she owes the IRS over a hundred grand, mm. and they've since filed a lien on her property, probably in the last year and a half to two years. So um, somehow she manages a little check to check, and the kids are going to start falling off from child support. And I don't know how she's going to make it and what implications it has for me in this whole scenario. Wow. Yeah. You're right, dude. You stepped in it. Oh, yep. man, I'm sorry. Um, okay, first I have to know what possibly, what story could possibly be told to you to make you co-sign for your ex-wife? Because by definition, oh, she's man. ex. You're not going to make me tell you this. I just, <laughs> the three, yeah, the three kids and the, the violin was playing in the background, I think, and maybe Aww. caught me at a weak moment. Sweet Mark. You no, know, I'd heard a just Ramsey, trying to be a good dad. Maybe the, yeah. You thought you were doing yeah, good. You thought you were Rachel. doing good for you're your kids. You, you thought you were doing good for your kids. And she's the mother of your children. Okay. We'll try to cut you some slack here. I appreciate but it. We'll still, we'll still put the action in the dumb column. I agree with your opening statement. All right. Anyway, now we're there. What do we do? Um, no sense in throwing all the everybody under the bus. Let's just keep rolling. What do, we, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Okay. She cannot refinance and get you off because she has an IRS lien. Unless you can get the IRS to subordinate. And with it being such a large lien, there's a possibility they would subordinate. She would have to qualify for the mortgage on her own, and the IRS would have to agree to subordinate, meaning they agree to stay in second position and put a new mortgage in front of them instead of the old one. 
Um, I've gotten them to do that in negotiations. It's rather lengthy, but she's got to qualify, and it doesn't sound like she can. Not a chance. Now, selling the house is very, very difficult. Um, however, uh, the first mortgage is how much? Four sixty. What's the house worth? I think at best eight fifty. When do the kids age out of child support? Over the next three years. How much money do you have? Uh, one point six. Half of that's in retirement. Okay. Um, when I do something stupid and it costs me money, I call it stupid tax. Oh boy, I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're getting ready to write a stupid tax check at some point in this equation. Now, sooner rather than later, later rather than sooner, depending on when the kids age out and all that kind of stuff. But let's pretend they aged out and there's no more need for you to have violins in the background uh, in terms of her having this house. I would walk over and say, I will give you $10,000 if you'll sell your house. Hmm. And then she sells the house. She has enough equity to pay off the IRS and she gets, she gets rid of the mortgage that has you on it. And then she goes and gets her another house with the equity. She gets rid of me too. That's great. She gets rid of you. You get rid of her. This was the original <laughs> intent of the whole thing <laughs> until you stepped in it. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't push her to sell the house now because well, of the I mean, kids. she could, but I think it's going to be a harder sale. And plus you, For her to do it. you did this partly to give your kids a better place to live and they're not aged out yet. Right. That's correct. So, I mean, if you do it today, you're putting the kids in the street, too. Correct. But she could make the move today. I don't know what mindset she's in, but I'll tell you what she's probably got. she got an IRS breathing down her neck. She's got a house that she's wondering how she's going to be able to afford when child support drops off. She's worried about this stuff deep down, not on top of not on top like you are, but even she feels it in the tenseness across her shoulder blades. Because she's human. We all can see the truck coming towards our car, right? Yes. And so she sees that, and she does not know how to get out. Have y'all had any conversations about it, Mark, you and her? Very little. Okay. We haven't been the greatest communicators. It probably surprises you, but no, but not very much. Okay. okay. Well, no, part she, of that is, is she she's, she's, she's buried under stress, and it's got, it's got yeah. part of your name on it. Yeah. So... You know, I would just sit down if you can have a conversation, if it's possible, and just say, hey, here's an idea, and I'll help you one last time. If you sell the house, you get rid of me and the IRS, and you've got enough equity to go get you another house. You can either do that now, or you can do it later, and I'll write a check to help you do this because it gets me off the mortgage. Because it's worth ten right. grand or yeah, twenty grand sure. if you got one point six to get rid of this uh, contingent liability, this cosine liability. Because if this thing goes belly up, she's going to get foreclosed on, and you're going to get to ride with her. Because you can't stop the foreclosure. Because you can't you can't force the sale of the house. The only good news in this whole story is the house has enough equity to take out the IRS. It needs to be sold for her sake. Got it. And it blesses you in the process. That's right. So let's dangle some kind of a carrot that causes that to happen now or when the kids age out. I don't care which, but the sooner the better, because I got a feeling this is 
it'll be a relief to her if she understands whether she is conscious of it or not she's carrying a load of stress oh yeah and dr john deloney talks about that when we're in debt the this lack of agency this lack of autonomy because we're a slave that that she's carrying the weight of that well she's i mean and he said and she's living paycheck to paycheck anyways yeah well, and, and then you have a you, lien on the house from the IRS. I mean, like, and the last thing you want on your li- on your list of things to do is to deal with the KGB. I mean, the IRS. <laughs> it's just they are not. This is not a creditor you want to have. Okay. No. The penalties, the interest, it's just out of control. Their power is virtually unlimited. Uh, in this case, I've yeah. seen a few times, not often, that they'll actually come in and force the sale of the house to get their money. To get the money. Mm. And if she doesn't do something with this lien, eventually they'll get around to that. Now, they're not exactly efficient, but eventually they'll get around to it. So, But the stress of this is just on everybody. Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting thing. Now, now you know, we, we poked at Mark a little bit. We also gave him a little bit of a break. And you know, we kind of laughed with him and at him both in his presence. So mm-hmm. it's all okay, right? But the Because uh, we've all done stupid stuff. But the, the thing is this. There's a couple of things here that you can take away as a money principle. Sometimes doing what it feels like is you're, you're trying to help someone, but you're doing it in such an illegitimate way, you end up actually hurting the person you're trying to help. Co-signing does that every time. There's actually a proverb in the Bible that says only a fool co-signs for another the contemporary English version says, if you co-sign for someone else, you're stupid. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Okay. So, I mean, and so co-signing is an illegitimate way to help someone. Yeah. Meaning if you don't have the money for Junior to get a car and you co-sign for Junior to get a car, you are stepping in it for sure. When it's your ex-wife, you're stepping in it up to your knees. You need boots for this walk. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. You know? For sure. And sometimes when you give someone some money, even without a debt or without a co-signing involved, uh, what, and, and it's enabling to buy something they can't afford. The behavior, right, right. Then you've, the, you know, my, well, my, my daughter needed a house and I gave her the down payment. And, and now she's got a house payment that she can't afford. How many times does that happen? Like every week on this show? Uh, a well-meaning parent. So you got to be careful what you're participating in because enablers are the nicest people in the world they're sweet people that don't know how to say no and then they enable bad behavior and so while you were trying to be a help you end up being a curse in their life with money (laughs) you had dollar signs on it too curse with dollar signs yeah and mark that's not aimed at you that's just aimed at all the things all of us have done like what you did this is the ramsey show Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Open phones at 
825-5225. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt free stage tim is with us hey tim how are you hi dave this is awesome thank you so much well it's an honor to have you sir where do you live i live in cameron park california about 30 minutes east of sacramento very cool well welcome to nashville and how much debt have you paid off sir One hundred eighty thousand five hundred dollars way to go and how long did this take you seven years three months very good and your range of income during that seven years my take-home pay was forty-eight thousand to sixty-eight thousand dollars. Cool. What do you do for a living? I work at, at a hazardous waste facility. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we take ha- household paints, cleaners, paints, that kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of what I do. I do it for a local government agency down there. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good. What kind of debt was your one hundred and eighty-one thousand? All mortgage. You paid off ah. your house. <laughs> Looking at weird people. A paid-for house, zero debt in the entire world totally free way to go man seven years you did that yeah man and, and in gotta, California. Yeah. Most yeah. people yeah. in California are like, this is impossible. <laughs> you did really? it. Really? What's this house worth? About three, three and a quarter. Ah, way to go, man. How's that feel to not have a payment in the world? <sighs> Dave, I did it in, in August and you know, it's so freeing. You know, you don't owe anybody anything. I mean, last month my washer broke. I'm like, oh, look, I'm going to go buy a new washer. Well, that'd be fun to do. Why not? So it's like little things you're like, I can do. There's freedom in not having owe anybody money. Just amazing. Yeah. I love the T-shirt. Ramen, Ramsey approved meal every night. I know. (laughs) Good old ramen noodles, right? Yeah, I just thought I'd have a little fun with it. Yeah, well done. Well done. Okay, what started you on this journey seven years ago doing this Ramsey stuff? Well, my story, my story started about 15 years ago. I mean, I had the old, um, my, about 15 years ago, I had what was known as house fever. Mm-hmm. And what happened for me is, is that I wanted a house fast, 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 fast. And so I didn't just do a 30-year loan. I did a 35-year loan with a with <laughs> five, first five years being interest only. And that was dumb. Wow. Dum da dum dum dum. Wow. <laughs> but you know, and it, it was amazing because right then I switched to a new job, and I didn't realize that I didn't really own the house. The house owned me, mm-hmm. because I my my paycheck was only twenty four hundred dollars a month, and between my between my mortgage and my HOA was seventeen hundred dollars, and it was tough. What was the wake up call? Um, you know, I took your class in '09. Mm-hmm. And I was so grateful, but you know, back in '08 and '09, the mortgage is tanked, and I just couldn't refinance. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what am I going to do about this? So I prayed about it, and I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm just going. A lot of people in my neighborhoods were just walking away from their houses. I said, you know what? I signed up for this deal. I'm going to keep with it, but I just wish I could get it refinanced. So when finally in 2015. I looked back at refinancing, was able to refinance to a decent loan. I said, thank you, God, I was able to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And so once I did, I said, okay, it's game on now. Um, I said, I'm going to put everything I got on this darn thing. Excuse my language. but. Mm-hmm. And so basically at that time, my average between the last seven years has been about $4,000. Mm-hmm. I was putting about $2,500 of that on the mortgage. Yeah. So you, you want it out. I, I, I want it done. Mm. I just no more. And for seven years, you just kept chipping away. Yeah, you just every, every 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 month. Every month. What was the hardest part for you? Oh, the hardest part, I say, for me was just the daily grind. Yeah, of just 
keeping to the budget, writing it down. I mean, I had this big old huge poster board that's like that big mm-hmm. that, sh- that I looked at every time I went to sleep. And it's, I don't know if you see it on the screen, but it shows, I mean, $180,000. Mm-hmm. It's not, for me, wasn't a, it was a lot of money for yeah, me. Yeah, for real. So, but you did it. Yeah. And it was but, worth it. It yes. was worth it. Oh, it's so much more freeing now. Yeah, it's awesome. I have freedom. And yeah. it's just amazing how that feels. Great job, Tim. Thank you so much. Well yeah, done. You're going to be able to do a lot now that you don't have any payments. What's it's, your big, first big thing you're going to do with money now that you don't have any payments? Well, I paid it off last August, so mm-hmm. I went to Australia with my brother. That was fun. I got There to, you go. Ding, so ding. That was a lot of fun. Paid for perfectly in cash, and so I took care of that. That was wonderful. And then I did this. And so it's just the freedom that you have of making choices. And that's just, you don't owe anybody any money. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize it until I was out, how amazing that is. Well, it, it's it's easy to think about what it'll be like, but you your body really even feels different when you're completely free. It's, it's hard to tell people until they're there. Yeah. The one last thing I like to mention, one thing I learned through this experience is that, for me, I found that the interest you pay on a debt is the price you pay for your own impatience. Mm. There's a cost to wanting something right now, and for me, that cost a lot of my money mm-hmm. because I wasn't willing to wait. And so for those who are listening, be patient. The less money you, the less money you sp- give to the bank is more money for you. Mm-hmm. And that's just the simple truth. It's, and a, it, it's, it's a simple me. formula, but it works. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Proud of you, man. Thank you, sir. This who were your biggest cheerleaders out? Well, I had, um, my mom was really a very appreciative of a big cheerleader for me and you know, I had the um, Facebook Ramsey group that I listened to all the time to give me encouragement, and that was so wonderful. To That's have that a great group. group. Yeah, it was Maybe wonderful. The Baby Steps group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook. It was just a wonderful group, always positive, always encouraging, and so that was always wonderful. Very cool. Well, good for you, brother. Congratulations. Well done, man. Thank you, well sir. Well done. If somebody's listening, and maybe this is the first time they ever heard of this idea, what do you tell them the secret to getting out of debt is? The secret for me was writing it plain, writing it on paper to pen, and writing it vi- visual. Mm-hmm. I, you know, as I said, I had that big poster board that was very visual to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and I had to make it a heart thing, not just a mo- money thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so once I did that, it was just a matter of time, not wh- if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is is that not only are you debt-free, but you've transformed. Yeah, and it's, you're a different person because yeah. of the process. Yeah, it's it's been so amazing. And the people here have been so wonderful to me. It's been awesome. Good, good. Well, we love having folks visit us here in the lobby, particularly to do a debt-free scream, baby. Mortgage House and, and all. everything. Right. Yeah. So we've got the uh, Live and Give bundle for you, the Total Money Makeover book, the Baby Steps Millionaire book, both number one bestsellers, and, of course, the uh, Financial Peace University membership if you've done or have read any of those those are yours to give away as well so oh. live and give enjoy them or give them or however you want to however you want to enjoy them that's well, they're there for you to say thank you for coming out here and we're very very proud of you well thank you sir thank you so much for this very very well done all right tim from sacramento one hundred and eighty-one thousand dollars paid off in seven years and three months making 48 to 68 house in california is paid off Shut up. I love it. Count it down, Tim. Let's hear a debt-free scream. One, two, three. I'm debt-free! Yeah! Woo! 
That's how you do it, Tim. Yeah! I'm free? That's what it sounds like when you get free. Oh. When you get the chains off, that's what it sounds like. Pretty stinking incredible. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I love it. It's just, and, and he said it, it was like, it's it's the grind. It's the everyday choices that you oh, make. Man. Seven day years. In, and that's long. I in, mean, a culture that, that, in a culture that can't stay with something for seven minutes without picking up their phone and doom scrolling Instagram. Oh, and you stay with something seven years. years. Consistently. Yep. Seven years. Pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. And that's dedication. I mean, because I do hear people talk about debt-free screams. I'll see some haters online like, well, those people... They're making half a million dollars a year. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no, no, they're not. I mean, it is like Tim, 48 to, 48 to 68. 68. And I'm like, and it's just that diligence day in and day out. And it's proof that anyone can. Tim is that example. Anyone who believes that that it is possible and that they can work a plan, they can do it. And Tim, it, he's that. He's that example. It's amazing. I read, I read that tortoise in the hair book a bunch of times. Every time I read it, the tortoise wins. This is the Ramsey Show. This is the Ramsey Show. Common sense for your dollars and cents and for your life. Rachel Cruz, number one best-selling author of Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Marquita is with us in Seattle. Hey, Marquita, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for taking my call. And sure. I need some help. Um, I need assistance. I need guidance with how to set up an estate plan, an estate planning for my, on behalf of my mom diagnosed with ALS. Um, oh, here are the numbers. Thank you, Dave. Um, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a huge burden. And I'm it's sorry. How old? How old is she? Uh, my mom is turning seventy three this month in February. Oh, mm. so sorry. Okay. Thank you. Oh man. Uh, she owns a home. Mm-hmm. It's her primary home. Mm-hmm. Um, the value is between the land and the house is between five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Her income of pension and social security is about uh, thirty three thousand or thirty five hundred per month. Her mortgage she owes she has about uh, she owes one one hundred thirty nine thousand uh, on her mortgage. She has thirty three thousand. She owes in thirty three five in credit card debt. She has a car that she's leasing, which has a balance of 23,000, 23, 23, mm-hmm. And her total debt is 196,599. Including her mortgage, including the credit cards, including the lease. Yes, sir. Okay. And okay. her plan, um, is to keep the house and sell it, uh, keep it in the family. And I was wondering why how would we go about why would you keep the house in the family? Uh that those are her wishes. Oh no, but why? Why does it matter? 
Is the house is she the house family was, property or is it just her house? It's family property. Yes, it's family been in the family property. generationally. Uh, no, since her since she since I, I was born into the house, so okay. since she was married. Okay. Well, her medical he, bills are expected to be about two hundred fifty thousand yeah. for ALS clinic, yeah. um, and we're wondering about what what's the best way to go about this. Yeah. Um, because she, her wishes are is that she would like to keep the house and give it to one of the kids. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So it's myself and two brothers. Yeah. Well, when you pass away, what you own stands good for what you owe. Okay. So if the family wanted to keep the house, uh, they would have a $140,000 mortgage on the house. Still, um, they can pay that mortgage and keep the house. But the clinic bills, the credit card, and the car will all have to be paid. Right. So by asking you all to keep the house, she's asking you to take on the clinic bills, the car bill, and the credit card bill. Because there's no cash around to pay those things, correct? Well, if I was to, well, as of now, I've I've moved in to assist her. um, And if I was to absorb the mortgage payment and the pro- and the annual property taxes and her income can absorb the credit card debt and and pay that off um in, that's what we were thinking in 10 months and then you've got a car that you got to deal with and then you got $250,000 in ALS clinic bills to deal with am right I, am i missing something no those are the numbers yeah. those are the facts mm. Mm. So you have a harsh uh, diagnosis and a yeah. harsh reality that you're going to be walking through in the next, whatever, 12 to 36 months. And, um, uh, and And I don't want to be the person that adds another harsh reality to your situation, but the house will be sold okay. because you can't pay the, you can't pay the bills. And so the equity in the home will pay the bills. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Because, listen, if you don't pay the clinic, they're going to sue the estate and take a lien on the house and force the sale of the house. And you don't have $250,000, and she doesn't either. And I guess neither of your brothers do, do they? Uh, my brother purchased a home uh, last year, so as of now, no. no, yeah. no Even if one of you is sitting around. on a $250,000 cash balance in your personal checking account, I would not suggest yeah. you yeah. use it to keep this house. Right. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it, it's um, the, the house is there, and we can use it for her final days and make her comfortable. And there's nothing to mm-hmm. keep you from doing that. That that works fine. And obviously, the more of the credit card debt and the and the car you can clean up during that time with her income, and you take care of the mortgage, that's all fine. Your brothers need to be aware that you're going to be reimbursed for you paying the mortgage bill upon her death out of the proceeds or the sale of the house before they get any mm-hmm. inheritance. But basically, there mm-hmm. is enough to give you all some inheritance after everything's paid, uh, but not much, mm-hmm. right? Because her so net her, her net worth is her net worth with even add a two hundred fifty thousand dollars medical bill to it is is approaching zero. 
Got it. So what sort of trust or estate planning would you recommend? Uh, just a will. Because there's no, you can't hide these things in a trust and keep this from happening. Okay, so just need a good will. Uh, you need to go see an estate planning attorney, and they can help you draft a will that uh, gives these instructions. But and I, I don't know how to break this to your mom. I don't know how to be kind to her with the, uh, you know, especially in this setting. But um, I, I've never participated in things where we didn't tell the everybody the whole truth that it turned out well got it and so i mean you could just choose to not tell her and just draw up a will that says uh that you guys get the house but the answer is when it actually goes to probate court you're going to find out you can't keep the house no matter what the will says because the will does not have the power to do away with all these debts you follow me yes and so you still end up with the equation, what you own minus what you owe. Your net worth is how it works. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys don't inherit the debt. Let's pretend that the uh, if the medical bills are a million dollars, then they're mm-hmm. just not going to get paid because there's not enough money in her estate to pay them. And you guys do not inherit debt. Uh, that's good news. But you don't mm-hmm. inherit yeah, assets right. without paying all the bills associated with the estate. That makes sense. I'm so sorry. No, oh, it's so hard. And I don't want to be the guy telling you all this stuff, but that gets to be my job today, I guess. Right. Well, well, we'll pray for you, darling. So a revocable, uh, a living trust would not work either. It won't cause it's this to go away. Way. It just is another way to facilitate the exact same answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. That you can't hide assets in a trust from debt. You can hide them from people and keep people's hands off of them. But, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a little bit strong, a little bit more way of a strong arm to ensure an estate wishes go the way you want because it's in trust and you can't, you can't, it's harder to break a trust than it is a will. But, um, mm-hmm. but neither one of them are that easy to break, actually, assuming they're drawn up properly. But, but still, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, the creditors get paid. There's not an estate planning tool, a living trust, an irrevocable trust. A, uh, there's not an estate planning tool that makes debt go away. Makes sense. Or the results of the debt. And the results of the debt is the person that is owed can collect their money as long as there's something to collect against. And so if the house were in the trust, the ac- equity in the house it, it goes to the beneficial interest of an individual uh, however, the trust and the beneficial interest can be sued because it's part of the estate. So I'm not an attorney. You probably you do, you do need to sit down with one, and you need to spend a little bit of money getting a proper will drawn up to make sure I'm not right. But I'm afraid you're going to find out I'm right. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.